Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning there, my good friend. Good morning to you, Gary. Ah, how are always you? Always good to be with you. you no, know, it's always great to see you, man. You always thank look, you. and you look fantastic. Thank you, thank you. When life is good, you and you just have that automatic glow. You know, yeah, I feel like you know, you, you hit different seasons in life and different things happen, right? Oh, and a lot is happening to you all at once. We'll get to that in a moment. Um so I, the, the feds went up again, right? Oh yeah, a quarter, per, a quarter. Pretty percentage. much expected another quarter. Hopefully the last one, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, we're in, we're in August now, and and I'd like to think that I, I always thought that they only in, increase the the rate when to try to get a hold on inflation. But according to Biden, inflation's gone down. That's so, that's really the main issue that I'm seeing is all of the indicators are showing that inflation is coming down significantly coming down, very close to the levels that it should be So then at. something's not making sense here. It's Why would they increase the rate? I mean, I'm a little confused, and, and I I, the, the, I hear one thing, but then— The inflation numbers are showing they're going down, but the Fed's not looking at those numbers. They're looking at previous numbers. They always live in the past, and that's why they always break the economy. So hopefully we're going to be seeing that this is going to be— you know, they're going to, like, admit and— actually like confirm that hey we're in a much better position with inflation inflation's coming down and all this and then they'll stop with the rate hikes and ultimately they should start cutting rates but how far out you know from that are we six months or six years it's really hard to say um all the main economists that i follow really think the fed's gone too far and they have as evidenced by companies going out of business and laying people off because the rates have gone so high they can't refinance they can't restructure their debt you probably heard a few weeks ago yellow trucking company yeah. 30,000 employees because they couldn't refinance their debt 99 why years yeah. why couldn't they refinance their debt because the fed pushed rates up too high so now they can't qualify to refinance their debt so now the company's out of business that's called what happens when the fed goes too far Happens every single time they do these tightening cycles. That's just one casualty. There were there were those banks that you know went under a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and there's gonna be more. And the more they push this, the more issues that you're gonna have. So it's a shame, but hopefully for all of our sake, we're at the end of this t- cycle, and we're gonna start seeing things let up as we get towards the end of the year and into 2024. So then you doubt. It'll there'll be another quarter percentage increase I mean, in the future. I can't say whether I doubt it. They're doing stupid things every day. So there <laughs> absolutely could be another quarter point rate hike. Should there be, in my opinion? Absolutely not. They've pushed it way too far. They've done what they needed to do. All the CPI, PPI, and all the inflation figures are moving where they need to move. Just because they're not at 2% doesn't mean we're in a bad spot. Last I heard, they're at like 3.5%, 4%. The Fed's mandate is to get it to 2 Well, we're getting closer and closer by the month. So if they can just hang tight, pull the reins back for you know a couple of months, I think they're going to see all those inflation figures continue to go down. And then they'll say, whoa, we did our job and we can step back. What would be the perfect percentage rate where it's not like pandemic where it's not you know we're too not we're not expecting one not point too high yeah, yeah so i've actually seen some articles and studies about this and from what i've understood you know taking all the information from different sources the magic interest rate is somewhere between five and five and a half percent if we can get to that magic rate that's not so high that people have sticker shock 
And it's not so low that it's a freebie, like you said, during COVID. So you get serious buyers that with affordable house payments and you still get that potential opportunity in the future. I would love to see the rates get into that five, five and a half range over the next 12 months. And I absolutely think it, it should and could happen. Wow. If we can do 5%, maybe we can do 4 We can. We can. <laughs> maybe we can do 3 eventually. I am the king of wishful thinking. All right. Um, I, so there's there's big news that I caught wind of, oh, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to let you do the honor of explaining because you're the man himself, and this is really Yeah, your... I mean, it is big news. What can I say? I mean, taking you back, I've been in the mortgage industry since really 03, mm, 04 right. is when I started, and I went out on my own as far as my own branch in 2006, and that was with Benchmark Mortgage, an amazing company I've been with since December of 2006. Yes. Um, I've seen ups and downs, if you think about it, between 06 and now, and uh, I have nothing bad to say. I have no ill feelings, no issues. But what I found is, and everybody knows that the markets change, the economies change, the rates have changed, the programs, like so much has changed in the last 12 months, right? And that's really what I'm looking at is what's changed in the last 12 months. And I have easily been able to adapt to all these changes over the years, the housing crisis, Brexit, all these major COVID, right? All these huge events that have happened over the last almost 20 years, I've been able to roll with the punches like easily while a lot of my colleagues are getting battered and bruised and leaving the industry. And I was able to stay. And it's because I had a really strong foundation. I had a really strong company backing me up, right? About a year ago, I started seeing a lot of my colleagues, friends, you know, and business associates all kind of move in a direction, which was to the independent mortgage channel. So in mortgage, just like in grocery stores or in auto, auto uh, places, there's different channels. You can buy wholesale, you can buy retail, right? There's the same thing in the mortgage industry. There's two or three different channels in the mortgage industry. And I've been mainly, I've been dabbling in all the channels, but I've mainly been focused in the retail channel, as many people have. I'd say most in Connecticut, that's where they're focused. But I kept seeing a bunch of colleagues moving over one by one to the independent channel and said, eh, that's short-lived. You know, this will turn around. The market will change. Here we are, right? It hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. The market, it's changed, but not for the better, right? So rather than continue to fight tooth and nail, I was looking for a, a more seamless path, right? I was mm -hmm. looking for a clearer path okay. for me and my clients. And I mean, this is not something I take lightly. I know. I'm, I'm a Virgo. That's my <laughs> sign. And Virgos are known to be very loyal, hence my 16 plus years sure. at my employer. This was something that I thought about for years, you know, worked on for the last six months and implemented over the last less than 30 days, really the last few weeks. So I mean, we'll talk about the benefits, but that's kind of the foundation, you know, of, of where I'm sitting. And it's a matter of serving my clients better, serving myself better, making it easier for myself uh, and just the process in general. My partners, my real estate partners, my real estate attorneys, um, my investors, everyone that I work with on a day to day is going to shine brighter with my new platform. And that's really what I look at it as, as a platform. 
Uh, it's something that I plug into. You know, I've been plugging into an amazing platform with Benchmark for the last 16, 17 years. Now I'm just plugging into a different platform. My clients and partners won't notice anything different other than maybe a different name on the pre-approval letter, maybe a little seem more seamless process, and a bigger embracing of technology. That's a big point. Well, I congratulate you. It's I could tell you how excited you are. Your enthusiasm yeah. is, is in your voice, oh, yeah. and you sound uh, you know reinvigorated. And here's to sixteen, seventeen uh, more successful here's to years. A retirement from. Well, yeah, that would be. Ultimately, I hope this is my last home in the industry, and this uh, is where I'll be, retire. That would be, yeah, that's the icing on the cake. Um. What motivated you, though, to, to, to make this career shift from a mortgage banker to an independent mortgage advisor? Yeah, you know, and I have to, I question myself on that, too. You know, what motivated me? I would say the biggest motivation for me was I have more control. And okay. a lot of people think, well, maybe well, there's this misnomer in the mortgage industry that when you go in the independent channel, you give up a lot. And that's the reason why more people don't do it is you're giving up a lot. You're giving up a big umbrella over you to help shield you from the rain, so to speak, which is a corporate umbrella. So with that said, I wanted to control my client experience a bit more by using the most cutting edge technology available. And we had great technology before, but the technology I have access to now, just mobile friendly, artificial intelligence, just some stuff that's next level, it's able to make me way more productive. I'm able to now serve more clients with this platform than I could have ever done before, simply because I have more use of, of um, very, very advanced technology, okay? The other thing is I'm able to offer a wider range of mortgage products. And you know, I've offered a lot of products, right? I've always sure. offered... VA and I've offered FHA, USDA, I've offered construction loans and all that. I can still offer all that, but I can also offer even more now, like five-day home equity lines of credit. I can offer VA construction loans, which are almost unheard of. Very few banks do those. VA construction. I can offer no documentation loans for people no. that need to buy a home or refinance that do not have any income they can show. Any at all. Or maybe they have income they can show, but it's not enough, right? I have loan options for that now. I wouldn't have had those. I didn't have those before. There's certain banks that are on the innovation edge and the cutting edge. And it's really a matter of being first or being last, being an innovator or waiting till everyone else figures it out, you know? And I've always been someone that likes to wait for others to mess it up first and then let me <laughs> let me get on and learn from your mistakes. But where what I've seen is there's the water's fine. Jump right in. And that's what all my colleagues yeah, have told I, me is don't be afraid. Come over. I said, what's the biggest mistake you made if you were to do it all over again? And I asked this to like about a dozen people that had made this shift over the last year. Almost without exception, every one of them said the biggest mistake they, they made was not doing it earlier. And I'm starting wow. to see why. All right. So then how has this transition to being an independent loan originator, how has it impacted your approach to, let's say, helping clients with their mortgage needs? 
Yeah, so because I'm able to handle more diverse loan products now, I'm able to have an even more long-term relationship with my client, multiple transactions. A great example is the HELOC. You know, we've talked about HELOCs and, you know, I've dabbled in them before and all that. But to me, the truth of the matter was that if you're looking for a HELOC, your best bet is typically going to be a local bank or a local credit union. That's the bottom line truth, but not anymore. Because now through the independent channel, I have access to a couple banks that do this product called the five-day HELOC, where it's automated appraisal, no title search done, and you can literally get the entire process start to finish in five days. So you could go online today, sign up, get this moving forward, and close next week. That's not really possible with any other type of product, and that's definitely not possible with any bank that's offering a HELOC. You're lucky to get it done in 30 to 60 days. So that's a you know huge advantage. So now instead of referring a client saying, hey, go to that bank, I can now say, hey, before you go to the bank, let's try this because what do you have to lose, right? We can get it done quickly. Wow. So that's huge. Um, prioritizing my client needs over corporate needs. You know, Although I wasn't necessarily punching the clock, so to speak, or really, you know, making those decisions on my own because I was under a large corporate structure, just like any corporate entity, like they kind of pull the strings, right? Where I'm, where I am now with eMortgage Capital, it's very independent, right? It's very do your own thing, control your client experience, um, do what you need, prioritize your client's needs. If I need to go to one bank instead of another because it's best for the client, I can do that with no friction, with no issue. That's great. And then the flexibility to adapt client situations to over 100 lenders. So I may not get an approval with XYZ Bank, but I've got another one that will approve it. So now instead of it just being, oh, no, we can't do it, it's, wait a second, they said no, but let me go over here. And it's just, I mean, you can see the advantage of that, especially in your stickier situations, um, to be able to know here's why we couldn't get this deal done and then say to another bank, here's why they couldn't do it. Can you? And not only be able to do that with one or two banks, but literally, it's last I checked, it was over 115 banks that we have relationships with at, at eMortgage. So I'm able to just literally hop in and plug into those relationships that are already established which has been phenomenal, you know, to be able to hop in the saddle and not need to figure things out, any of that, and just piggyback on what's already been successful. That's been really big. And the last thing is shopping around with one credit pool. So a lot of people believe, well, if I want to shop around with a bunch of banks, I'm going to have to get my credit pulled here and then get my credit pulled here and then go to that bank and they're going to pull it. With this platform, what I'm able to do is one credit pull. And with that one credit pull, with that one inquiry, I can shop your loan around with hundreds of lenders. And that's huge because it takes a lot of the stress and the time away from you. And I can now guarantee my clients that they are getting that best deal available because of the fact that I'm shopping around for them. What do you think are the key benefits and even some advantages of bracing, you know, independence as a loan originator? Let's say this in, you know, in contrast to, to working direct under a, a mortgage, mortgage bank. bank. Yeah. Right. So I would just say the access to programs has been big. I've already okay. seen that. So I've, you know, had clients come in with commercial stuff, like commercial deals that before I wasn't, I didn't really have a lot of outlets for them or access, maybe one or two at Benchmark. But now I have access to like a dozen commercial lenders 
And I've already been able to make traction on loans where before I wouldn't have, and now I am. So that's huge. Independence right there is the ability for me to be independent and take your loan where it needs to go. Um, the freedom to work with clients on their terms and their timelines. Because of the technology being so much head and shoulders above, I literally can do pre-approval letters sitting on the beach from my phone. Um, I can do pre-approval. I can do just full loan analysis and things that before I would have had to be sitting at a computer and now I can do it mobile. I can do it independently and that's fine. But what that means to my clients is I was always quick. You know, I always got stuff done and, but instead of hours, it's now going to be minutes. And that sometimes can mean the difference between getting a deal or not. And the last thing is more competitive rates and products. So, you know, I'm never someone that would chase rate, right? Because someone's always going to be cheaper. But at the end of the day, if you're able to save an eighth of a point somewhere or a quarter point here or there, that can mean a lot of money in savings. And when I've compared little scenarios here and there, I might be able to shave off a client because I'm able to shop so many different banks. Mm -hmm. I might find an obscure bank that's a quarter point lower than the big one you may know the name of. And that means you might be able to save some money. Now, what's the experience going to be? What's the Mm. timeline going to be? That's a different story. It might not be a pleasant experience, but simply talking about price you're going to get the best price because we're able to shop around. We're able to make sure that in the marketplace, you're getting that most competitive amount, which for my clients, that's huge. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. He's very easy to schedule an appointment with 860-413-3938 and online at robgw.com. I'm going to repeat both of those and give you an email address uh, more towards the end of the show. Any challenges, Rob, that you're facing during the transition? And and, and how are you dealing with with those to establish Mm. yourself as the independent channel? So the challenges that I'm dealing with are that in the past, I really only had to learn a few portals, a few different websites, you know, depending on the bank that I was working with. Now I have to learn a lot of different sites. Like Mm. there's a lot more technology to learn. I'm someone that adapts quickly and easily. So I've been able to hop in and and quickly do that. There's different processes with each lender that I'm dealing with. So we're talking about over a hundred lenders. It's a lot to learn, right? It's a lot to learn. What is their process from start to finish? You know, every product is going to have a different process. So it's kind of overwhelming to, to take that amount of information. Um, how am I dealing with it? And I'll tell you how I'm dealing with it. First of all, I'm not going, you know, buck wild when it comes to getting set up with every one of these 115 banks. I don't need all 115. I don't need them all right now. What I try to do and what I did in the past when I was in the independent channel, when I was just starting out in like 2003 and 2004, you know, that's where I was. And what I did was I created a foundation of about five to 10 lenders that were my foundational lenders that I knew could do the deals, the VA loans, the USDA, the more common loans. And then I had one or two that were really good at construction loans, one or two that were really good at home equity lines of credit. So what I've been doing is creating that foundation for my clients. Right now, I think I'm around 10 Mm -hmm. that I really honed in and I know it, you know, front to back, top to bottom. And then on top of that, at each bank, we have an account executive, at least one. That account executive is the liaison between me and my client and the lender directly or the underwriter. And what I found is these account executives, they're hungry. 
They are sharp. They are looking for business. They're responsive. So a lot of questions and things that I have, they're right there to help me answer them. I was on the phone yesterday morning for 45 minutes with one-on-one client. And, you know, I did a bunch of emailing with another. So like, that is what's helping me is I'm getting a lot of support. And that's one of the things that I saw as a negative moving to the channel that I found as being a myth is I was told there wasn't support. I'm finding there's actually more support here than I've gotten before. So then as an independent advisor, how do you ensure that you're going to stay up to date with industry trends or some of the changes that even there's so many changes going on. So all the same tools that I had access to previously, I have access to all those now and more. So MBS highway to keep my clients up to date on what's going on with the rates, make sure they lock in their rates at the best time. The Rob Chrisman newsletter I get every day that keeps me up on industry trends. I'm still getting that. Mortgage News Daily, Mortgage Currency, those newsletters that come out for industry professionals that show us what's new, what's happening, what guidelines are changing and whatnot. All that's still going on. But now instead of just me having all that, I now have even more of a foundational team behind me that's double checking, dotting the I's, crossing the T's to make sure that things done right are done right. Industry events. You know, in the past, I did a good amount of travel here or there for business, but it was for my company, right? It was going to events that we did, going to award ceremonies or trips that we did. In the independent channel, there's a lot more events to go to because it's not just one company. It's everyone from the channel coming in together, okay? So there's a lot more collaboration in that independence than there was even everyone in the same company. And I shouldn't say I know because I haven't been to one yet. But from what I understand, from what I've seen, the entire purpose of these events is networking and collaborating with others and learning from others to take your business to the next level. So I'm going to be doing more of that now than I was doing before. I have a trip planned to Detroit to one of the top wholesale lenders in the country. In the next week, I'll be going there to do some training and networking with colleagues. And there's other uh, events going on in Las Vegas and in California. And I'll be, you know, really intertwining and getting into that because from my standpoint, when I did that stuff years ago, that to me was the most valuable because then you have real colleagues that are in the trenches every day that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can network and and help with and just collaborate with. And that's huge. So that's what I'm really, really excited about. Um, And then the continuing education in mortgage, we have to continually get educated every year to keep our licenses active. And that's continuing. I'm going to keep doing the continuing ed and my licenses are going to continue to be active. So we're running low on on time. How about uh, some specific qualities and skills that you believe are essential? for success as an independent. I know there's probably listeners that are maybe in the mortgage industry thinking about this transition too. And I would tell you strong communication is key. You got to be good at building relationships because you're not only building it with your clients, but now also these account executive and partner uh, partners. You want to have really good attention to detail because you need to match. You're like a loan matchmaker. Sure. So you're taking what the client's looking for. Now you need to match that with the bank that's going to give them the best deal and the best experience. Next is going to be commitment to providing exceptional service. You know, as an independent originator, we're on the front end dealing with our clients. So you've got to commit and have the wherewithal to provide excellent service throughout the whole process because some of it, once the loan is in underwriting, you may not have all the control there and you want to be able to set 
set that stage with your client. And last thing is ability to navigate and understand complex financial scenarios. You're going to have to take information that's given to you, understand it, and then relay that back to maybe a couple different people in a good way. You know, you alluded to this earlier at the top of the show. Maybe just, I don't know, share a story about how you decided to make this transition. Yeah. So, you know, the shift in the mortgage market and it continued to shift. We all thought it was going to kind of bounce back. And then late 22 into 23, something in the mortgage industry happened called really bad called margin compression, where our profit margin shrunk significantly. And that made it a lot more difficult, right, to just keep afloat and move forward. So I had seen a lot of my peers succeed that had made this shift in the last 12 months. And I saw them hitting the ground running, doing great and collaborating with them. They're like, it's awesome. And there's nothing to be afraid of. So... I, you know, wanted to see, do I start my own mortgage company? Do I plug in somewhere? What do I do? I've had people do everything. So I started on my search and it's just like when I found my benchmark, my previous company, I searched for like six months. Same thing here. I searched for a while. I found a great company, eMortgage Capital out of California. They didn't have a presence on the East Coast, at least a big presence. So I collaborated with the CEO. Um... You know, we were able to come to an agreement and they got their company license here in the last 30 days. And I've been able to now come on as a division manager and help this great company expand through Connecticut and throughout New England. They plan on having all of the states in New England, you know, within the next year or so licensed. So this is not just short term or one off. This is a huge company with a great presence on the West Coast and even in the, you know, half that West half of the country. And now we're just moving it out here to the East Coast. Quickly, uh, again, you touched upon this just a moment ago. Any advice that you have for any others in the mortgage industry who's considering a a similar shift that you just... Yeah, I would say, you know, everyone's different. So get clarity on what you need and what your business needs to succeed. And then do your research. Don't just go with the first company, but look at, you know, three, six, nine, 12 companies that are potential options and look at the differences. There's so many nuances between them. Don't rush yourself. Take your time interviewing to see if it's a fit. Talk to people that have already been there. Talk to the CEO, talk to the leadership. That's what gave me the confidence was literally cold calling off their website saying, hey, you've been with this company for three years. What's your experience? And when everyone's given you that five star, it's like you hear the same thing over and over. It's for real. And that gives me comfortability. And then just decide, are you going to go out on your own and start your own company or are you going to plug in? If you're going to go out on your own, it's going to be a lot longer process, much more cost intensive. And you may have a hiccup where you can't originate loans or take on new clients for a period of time. I didn't want that. I wanted a seamless transition, which is why I plugged into the e-mortgage platform. And now I'm able to just seamlessly move from one to another without any sort of issue. Um, and I'm happy with it. I have the support. There. Well, I can't wait going forward uh, with this show to hear things that I'd never heard before that lots you're now of new able topics, to offer. That lots you couldn't of new before. products. Just amazing innovation. I'm excited to bring it. Folks, everyone. if you'd like more information on eMortgage, this topic from the show, or any of the other discussions we've had on previous episodes, feel free to contact Rob and head on over to the website, which is RobGW. Dot com Again, robgw.com. If you'd like to schedule a consultation with Rob, please give him a call immediately. He'd love to hear from you, by the way. 860-413-3938. That's 860-413-3938. By the way, if you've got a question that you'd like to have answered 
right here on these very airwaves, maybe as soon as even next weekend, simply email us at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate, uh, Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long.